Hello, LinkedIn. We are back live this week. I'm joined by Abby Dunn, and uh, Abby Dunn was the episode that we released on Monday. So if you haven't listened to that, go and listen to it. But look, let's start, Abby, by you introducing yourself for those that that don't know you, and uh, we'll dig into this conversation where we're just going to have a bit of an open, honest chat. We're going to talk about how Abby's feeling about the recent update. Abby recruits into the hospitality sector. So yeah, lots that we can talk about, but we're here to answer your questions and uh, we'll dig into it. But yeah, Abby, if you start by introducing yourself and we'll go from there. Um, thank you. Uh, hi, my name is Abby. Um, I am the founder of a business called 68 People. Um, I set up the business in January 19. And yeah, as you can imagine, since since March, our story has been slightly different to our first Kind of 13 14 months um so yeah and uh i'm this is a i have to say this is a, a, a fake smile because actually the news yeah of, of this morning is um yeah is, is not good it's not good for um for the industry and and therefore the supply chain like let, let's just start there then like how yeah. are you how are you feeling so obviously yeah gutted it's horrible like but how are you feeling as someone that supports this well, you know we've I, I was hopefully you know kind of praying for this miracle of, of, of tier two for, for some of the areas you know especially greater manchester where i'm based um and i'd say probably 70 percent of my clients are based um you know obviously birmingham now falls into um tier three i'm really yeah. pleased for liverpool you know liverpool needed um needed that tier two and and and, and uh, so really chuffed for those guys um, from a business perspective, it, you know, it, it just delays things. It's just a waiting game from my personal business perspective. From a hospitality business perspective, you know, this is this will be sadly the end for, for people. And that's what's, you know, shockingly unfair about it all. Um, and, and especially the within any larger region. So, for example, Greater Manchester, there's actually... Um, pockets of areas that are causing uh, you know the, the rates to be higher so it just seems so unfair on for example the city centre in isolation wouldn't fall into tier three um, and therefore the hospitality businesses will be able to open but what is all right so is, like what it should be a bit more specific basically it should, yeah I think it should be into you know into smaller areas you know the greater Manchester is, is huge and of course there's areas mm. that are, uh, are high risk at the moment and areas that aren't um, but just the from a um, a hospitality perspective, the the fact that people have put decorations, you know, you just think at the moment, this right now, what the teams are going through after they put all the decorations up and work so hard, um, and but you know, I'm from my business perspective, you know, I'm <laughs> living off the living off the bank, essentially the government at the moment, aren't I? So, um, hmm. uh, you know, with with their I don't know if they're generous Beebles loans or any loans, aren't they? But um, but that's our current situation, being quite frank about it. You know, we're all on furlough. Um, but, you know, we've got hope for the future. Um, I still have hope. I still have hope that when all this changes, um, you know, we'll, we'll hopefully be the, you know, hospitality recruiter of choice. Mm, no, honestly, I think good on you for having a brave... I mean, I can't even comprehend sort of the challenges and, and what you're facing. And I guess... That that's what I wanted to ask you first, Abby. If you don't mind, is probably just dig into this pain a bit that you're feeling. It's just like you're going to cry on the on the, on live on LinkedIn here. <laughs> uh, 
But like, look, I think we've. All, I think it's safe to say, like, everyone's had a different experience, right? Of 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 this year. But I think what we've all had in common is we've had to deal with uncertainty, right? Mm-hmm. And if that's uncertainty of our loved ones potentially being in a really difficult position and um, or business or just anything, right? So I guess for you, you've yeah, this is something that you're like because a lot of people are probably out maybe out of this there's still going to be a lot of people on furlough and stuff like that and a lot of people that aren't out of this but there will be mm. like for me personally I think the people I speak to I'm having conversations with recruitment businesses uh, are sort of saying we've just had our best month or we're on route to have our best month and I know you said this on the podcast that when things are open again you had your best month and stuff like this so I think it would be easy for a lot of people and look I live in London there it does not feel like a lockdown at, mm. at all like any shape or form so I think it's quite easy for a lot of people to think that the uncertain, like, yeah, we're dealing with COVID and the uncertainty just may not be as evident as it was. Do you get what I mean? But you're still very much in the thick of this. So I guess what what's really helped you deal with it personally, professionally, as a leader within your business, like what what's helped you deal with the the, the massive amount of uncertainty, which is so difficult for all of us? I mean, oh, sorry, I think my Wi-Fi just dropped out. Can you hear no, it's me? No, okay. Yeah, yeah, all good. Um, I think just to put it into context, this tier um, system announced today has, um, you know, UK hospitality are concerned that that 75% of businesses won't reopen. So this isn't a um, temporary um, state for the the industry that I work in. This is closures, you know, gone for good. Um, So, you know, I I suppose that's just setting up the the context that it's not – uh, you know, it's not all coming back. But in terms of how I've dealt with it, um, that is turning my attention onto others and, and and not myself. I've had to, you know, actually the, the business, you know, my, my team are obviously a priority, but the business isn't right now. You know, we're in effect, in my mind, kind of hibernating slightly. Um but what where I've kind of found solace is, is is trying to help others and support others who you know are worse off. And um, you know, God, I'm not saying that I'm out, you know, d- delivering food, which maybe I should be. But I, I, you know, trying to help um, people within the sector, keeping going and being involved in as many things that I can to, um, you know, to to support hospitality. And and that's been you know I've really enjoyed doing that and I've um you know I, I think being able to make that move dare I say it from a, a recruiter into that a kind of a, um a, a recognized voice within my sector and you know that was slightly by default that wasn't my you know purpose of doing it but um I think that has happened and that, that can you know f- from a long-term perspective you know as a recruiter only be a good thing yeah so so it's the recognizing right okay well yeah me the business may not be as important but channeling your energy into other things that sort of pay into the pay it forward into your ecosystem that has uh, yeah how so helping others that helps you overcome the uncertainty because you know you're not alone and you're speaking to other people and, yeah. and those types of things i was asked because um most recently i was asked by channel four to do um a, a documentary for for dispatches and i was very reluctant to do it really from a recruiter perspective it didn't wasn't quite sure about how recruiters um, w- would come across or whether 
you know, just know something quite so. Yeah, it's going on going on television. Recruiters don't have the best reputation. And yeah, yeah, you wanted yeah. to. Yeah, is it the right thing to do? Am I going to like? And especially with these TV programs, you don't know what the final edit's going to be. You don't know what they're going to keep. You don't know what they're going to lose. So no. I totally get that. But so I if anyone has that, that um, definitely, definitely watch that. Yeah, I don't know if you remember that. Brewdog did one a while ago about recruitment, and it was it was it was disastrous, you know. And um, that's always <laughs> kind of in, in, oh, it's yeah, it's all these kind of candidates turned up in suits and ties for to work at uh, Brewdog, and it, it just didn't do anybody any favors. So I was reluctant to do it, but but ultimately got involved in it and was really proud. And they did a great job. God, you know, they really represented the industry really well. And um, you know, I think uh, uh, yeah, it, it was totally worthwhile. So. Actually, I've just pushed myself completely out of my comfort zone doing live walks on Instagram and doing, you know, kind of webinar type stuff, which is not naturally what I, you know, seek out to do. But I've pushed myself and and and, and that's given me, yeah, some kind of inner peace, maybe. Yeah, no, for sure. What's been, so when did it, it got, when did that documentary get released? It was... Um, so it went out, weeks, yeah, a couple of weeks ago. Um, it's uh, and so it's still you can still watch it on Channel Four's dispatches. It was called Britain's COVID Job Crisis, uh, and just highlighted one job advert with a thousand applications, um, and followed the story of the restaurant involved and and some of the candidates. And and the actual sad part of it is the candidates got get to final stage, and then due to the ten pm curfew, the the job gets pulled. Um, and yeah so it's yeah, and that, it, it, that business was your client yes yeah 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 um let's so just quick was, one on this like yeah. what what's been the like most peculiar or thing most interesting thing that's happened since that's gone live out of interest <sighs> I, I just think people kind of um messaging me from years and years ago sending me the advert because I was in the advert and they were they were pushing it a lot in the adverts like it was I was on um you know in in, in the morning like between everyone loves Raymond and Fraser and stuff like that and you know they were sending me the advert saying is this you like yeah yeah that's me and the fact that I think on the advert I say something like um in, in the most northern accent it'll be a bloodbath and, and so my friends keep writing, writing bloodbath back to me and uh, you know something what you wish you'd not said <laughs> oh god that that's that's yeah that's brilliant so look I, I think I, I completely applaud you for putting yourself out of your comfort zone and these things so I guess let me ask you this question then because I think there'll be a lot of Chris um recruiters that may look at you from the sets that you recruit in competitors potentially or just recruiters outside of your sector that I guess may have had similar ideas or thoughts of like things that they could do for their sector but sort of what's prevented them from doing that is yeah this like oh I'm a recruiter should I be doing that or is it going to come across the right way and these things and probably the things that sort of could have potentially made you say no to that dispatches documentary right and I think sort of what some of the um, best recruiters like yourself have has done in this time has you've actually really taken action and yeah given your industry a voice which is one of the amazing things you can do as a recruiter because you speak to so many different people um but like yeah what would your advice be for someone that yeah is maybe has an idea or does some wants to do something that they feel like will give value to their industry but 
she's the sort of recruiter title may be holding them back like what would your advice be to them yeah i mean i think about it starts isn't it with to stop apologizing for for being a recruiter and i found myself doing that and and, and probably still do you kind of you know you're kind of in the background going yeah sorry i'm just you know just a recruiter here um <laughs> so yeah I, I think it is a limiting belief you know if, and if you've got you've got to have you know don't get me wrong if you're if you've got a, a bad reputation, then this this is hard, isn't it? You know, you've, you've got to have people that are behind you, candidates and clients confirming that you are a decent recruiter and that what you're professing on anything like this is true. You know, you can't say, you know, that we, you really value people and candidate experience if you're, you know, if you're not doing you know. that. So it's got to be genuine. Um, but it is totally a limiting belief. And actually, I think, as recruiters we're in a really unique position what I've what I'm learning through this kind of COVID journey is that um we're in a I'm in a really unique position that I get to speak to all these different clients in the sector and learn what they're doing and what they've done right and what they've not done right and kind of pull that learning together and offer it to other people and you know we're living in a much more transparent world now where people you know are happy to share best practice so actually you know you kind of consider that you're helping people out and you know like does it sound too knobby to say you know helping the se- sector get better as a, as a whole um because you are you are a, a conduit for sharing that best practice between people and that's a that's a unique as a recruiter it really is unique because who else you know if you think about other suppliers um that may have a voice within their sector you know i don't know a training supplier potentially but um you know, I, I think more recruiters should do it. And I think you've got to be quite niche as well, haven't you? You've got to be an expert within your sector. But so many recruiters are, of course, they are. They've you know possibly come out of their sector. Um, so, you know, you, you, it is a self-belief thing and, and just kind of maybe forcing yourself slightly on people. You know, I used to get, uh, you know, I, I have serious like fear of missing out. FOMO kind of if I'm not involved in something, I'm like, oh, is that because I'm a recruiter? I, I want I want to speak on that. I want to do that. Um, not because I like um, seeing myself, but because I think you know I, I want to I want to get involved and I want to add my opinion. Um, and yeah, re- re- recruiters are, should should definitely do more of that. Hundred percent. Yeah, I think I think yeah. What you said there is first thing. Yeah, and I think this is what you really shared on a, pod- a podcast. And one of the things that sort of was one of your core bits of advice, really, for anyone starting a recruitment business was like really make sure like you know why you're doing it, and mm-hmm. and you know sort of what your purpose is. So what you're saying there is like, yeah, if you are someone that that really does know that purpose and it is focused on, yeah, improving yeah, your sector or whatever that may be, yeah, like yeah. that's the first thing you've got to be. Yeah, you, obviously the word that everyone uses is authentic, right? So that's the first thing. If you're someone that does want to give your people a voice or, or do something unique or give value to your industry, then yeah, it's got to come from the right place. Otherwise, it would just be seen straight through. And I think. Yeah, you, you just bring up a really good point. And I've been speaking to recruiters a lot about this recently, where what you just highlighted there is as a recruiter, don't forget that your hiring manager that you deal with, or even a, a particular type of candidate, like think how many people that they speak to who are like them a day. They might they may never speak to another hiring manager like them, or they never may never speak to another restaurant owner, a pub owner, right? Yeah. So how many do you speak to as a recruiter a day? right? Several. 
So yeah. that's what you're talking about, isn't it? It's like, don't forget that, that remember that the people that you deal with, they don't have the same conversations that you do. They don't speak to a lot of their, their people, right? And yeah. if as a recruiter, you have every right to bring those people together and, and give that access point, whatever channel that's through, if it's through a webinar, if it's through whatever it may be, like hundred yeah. percent, that's a huge um, bit of value that you can offer your, your network, isn't it? important to say that I, I I never purposefully sell the business I never talk about you know obviously people know who um what business I'm from but at no point do I take this opportunity as soon as you start doing that if you take the opportunity to start selling I think you'll come across as shady so I think if you're gonna make that move you've really got to just uh, I suppose think about it that you know of course it's going to be good for your business because you are doing good um, and that can only be good for recruiters' um, perception. But the second you start selling or the second you move into that, oh, I might just, you know, yeah, sell, then I think you might have lost lost it a bit. Yeah, yeah, I, I get what you mean. And that, that may sound counterintuitive, mm. but... Maybe it, that's... Like, well, you can, you can, yeah, like, the thing is, like, when you don't, you end up you end up getting the opportunity to talk about it anyway, normally. Yeah. So like exactly. that might be like you don't lead with it. You definitely shouldn't lead with it. Like, yeah, yeah do some sort of sales pitch if you, I don't know, whatever it may be. But actually it will lead to people going, Oh, Abby, look, by the way, like, what do you do? What do you guys do at 68 people? Like, what, yeah, what like, do you think like, about this? Yeah. Yeah, like it will, so then the, the recruitment sort of chat will come secondary and and if they're talking to you about other things and you go, Oh yeah, and by the way, yeah, no, we can help with that or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, it, it's it, yeah, it's just a lot more uh natural and and as you said like no no one likes to be sold to they just don't yeah and, I think actually, um, Rory, I don't know if um, Rory will be watching this but Rory from B t- taught me that is that you know if you go on any kind of call or, 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 or visit you know the amount of time you should actually be talking about recruitment is is, is minimal <laughs> yeah exactly so uh, yeah I know it's, it may sound counterintuitive but actually yeah. for me of, of all the great recruiters that I've, I've interviewed on this podcast, one of the sort of similar mindsets that they have is actually they're willing to give more than they take. Yeah. They just are. That, that's just, that's just how, how it is. And actually that actually means that you end up getting more in return. That's just the funny thing yeah, about it. Right. You know, the campaign that we did for no more, no shows, which I know we spoke about on the podcast, which, you know, was absolutely sensational. We ended up getting the, brand logo you know on billboards you know across the uk we got it a center page of the observer you know and double page and that was you know a a, a kind of a 450 quid artwork spend that was there was no question whether that was you know you never but i didn't even mention the brand initially people started asking asking who was involved in it and it was just it was heartfelt and it was for the industry but by default it it, it did amazing things for 68 people of course it did yeah so i've got a question here which is an interesting one oh god i can't see the questions are there? <laughs> that's right you, you'll be able to see them it's this Where's oh, one? well I, I hope his company's not seeing this <laughs> <laughs> would this be a good time to launch a recruitment company brand or shall i wait what would you say to that um i suppose it's sector specific isn't it um you know <laughs> I'm a big believer that if you are, you know, maybe taking hospitality aside, if if you've got the right mindset and the right contacts and the right attitude, um, you know, why wait? Um, and it depends on personal circumstances, doesn't it? If you, 
you know, if you if it's filling you with dread to go and get another job with another employer, then God, yeah, do it. Um, mm. You know, but if you're if you're safe for with your employer for what may be another three to four months, whilst this all kind of disappears, then maybe you start doing things in the background, building a website. You know, yeah. doing, doing those sort of things that we do. Obviously, I know I'm I'm just yeah completely embedded in the recruitment world, but honestly, there there's definitely been a huge influx in people starting recruitment businesses. I mean, a lot of people do start recruitment businesses every year, but I've yeah. definitely noticed a lot of people taking the plunge, and it's going to be interesting, isn't it? I think what because obviously people will be at home and there'll be that those sort of thoughts like, well, why can't I do this myself? Or I've, yeah. I've been all right the past couple of months working from home why, why can't I do it myself so it's definitely going to be interesting yeah sure and to, to... this has seen a lot of businesses maybe come out of the sector and drop out or, or drop out of recruitment and think actually it's totally. so um you know why not why why not start something now there's we're, yeah. we're only a few months to apparently 100% vaccination so exactly so what um how are you how are you feeling about the future then um of your industry hospitality like how, how do you feel about it uh you know you, you kind of go up and down about it don't you of course I know it'll never be the same again in terms of an industry I think I'm lucky enough to have clients that will survive um and you know I'm I'm excited to maybe diversify my offer slightly going you know have uh, more involvement in actual kind of consultancy around you know uh, people strategies and around training you know so uh, yeah I'm I'm excited about it and I I'm kind of climbing the walls ready to to to, to go but I'm excited about building something that maybe isn't just pure recruitment that looks at other 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 avenues as well um so yeah I know you know we still have the same dreams as I ever had to have this kind of big team and flashy office with exposed brick walls and beanbags. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well um I'm, I'm sort of I guess how how as a leader have you been communicated to your team to sort of say look we're, we do still have these dreams it will still happen like I don't know how have you I mean, I'm, I'm about that? business that that's easy to do you know we're talking every day you know we're whatsapping constantly um you know so I, it's easy to do that in in a small business. I suppose it only becomes a challenge when you when your your team grows. But you know the 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 team know what the vision is that they they're fully bought into it. You know they they know that unless the industry forces us to into closure, then you know we'll 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 fight until the death. You know and and they know that. Um, I think it's just been about being honest and transparent with them, and we have a close enough relationship that that's just a given. Mm. and I think what um just out of complete curiosity like from your opinion what what sort of hospitality brands or what types of hospitality businesses do you think have the best possible chance of surviving this I think that's just an interesting insight because I think there'll be some potential learnings there for people generally but like what what do you think gives these companies the best chance of surviving I've done these interviews this week, actually, with with people directors of um, some really forward thinking brands. You know, we, we did one with Dishing, we did Honest Burgers, um, we did Brewdog and, and Lounges. And, you know, what they have in common is uh, the forward thinking in terms of technology, you know, really moving 
technology um, uh, pace. Um, they are um, kind of creating a great place to work for people. I mean, that's well, that's a given. And trying to make, um, you know, connections with other sectors, it's a given, isn't it? You've got to make a great place to work. In hospitality, hasn't got a great reputation as being an easy place to work. You know, and and I think some of the forward-thinking companies are, are trying to challenge that status quo of not having seventy-hour weeks and not having, you know, working double shifts and all the kind of horror stories that come with hospitality and always have been. Um, and you know, I, I think they're they're creating, to quote one of their phrases, meaningful careers for people. Um, you know, that, that aren't just um, kind of in and out that transient thing that re- hospitality has creating long-term development. Um, my cat's running mm. really live. <laughs> it's okay. And so, like that—that that was going to be my next question. Actually, just again, sort of interested, really, like from your point of view, what what do you what sort of parts that these hospitality businesses have learned of how had to implement that you think is going to sort of stay with hospitalities forever? Like what what things? Yeah, like I think that's just super interesting. Yeah, I mean the the the, the technology piece is just unreal that specifically honest burgers have done they've put an um, employee platform together that has you know a, a way to communicate with hang on that is my cat <laughs> <laughs> no worries um, <laughs> um you know a way to communicate with employees all in one place i think i don't know whether this is true in other sectors but in hospitality we've been we've kind of cobbled together systems that have you know, as we've grown as uh, as operators, and you kind of find yourself with lots of different bits all all over the place. And so, what Honest have done is brought this kind of platform together, where you where your pays there, your um, you know, your training all information, the way that they communicate with you is there, um, and it's all in one place. And I think that is totally you know the, the future is really investing in this people tech bit. Yeah, that's really <laughs> interesting, and. I think just sort of final thing here as we come to an end, because I think sort of some of this rings true with recruitment as well. But I guess, like, do you think sort of this whole experience is going to have an impact on how many people, new people, enter recruitment industry, hospitality industry? What, what do you think about that? I mean, I think all, a lot of... Um, recruiters are maybe set up from internal so that they, they've worked internally and, and and going on and that's you know that should happen more often um you know i really like the idea of people moving from in-house roles into into recruiters probably more so than i do recruiters setting up from from just a recruitment base what, in-house um, recruiting going into agency side yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you know i've seen some of that happen during um uh covid and I obviously wish them wish them the best of luck um you know, I, I think w- would I set up a hospitality recruitment business at the moment? God, no. But um, <laughs> I might do come April. You know, I, I think ultimately there'll be uh, a short time where companies look internally to do all their own sourcing. Um, you know, put it out to their operators. But very quickly, that'll you know there'll be holes in in that, and they're they're able to support that themselves. So, you know, I, I think then. As with any recession, there's a, a, a trajectory out of it, isn't there? And hopefully, I'm on that wave. <laughs> I no, I, I think I think you have, and I think you've uh, done everything sort of in your power possibly can. When look, I think I you. Know. Meant- 
all these live things I'm like right okay <laughs> I've certainly tried to kind of get myself out there as much as I can and put myself out of this comfort zone that you know of sitting on my pajamas sitting on my sofa with my pajamas on. although I am half pajamas so. <laughs> <laughs> well look I think um look I think a lot of people could have uh yeah like you said the word hibernated earlier right and I think yeah a lot of people could have just gone you know what I'll wait until this passes they might have said that in March and we're, st- we're still here I know okay. I remember I had yeah I had yeah I had yeah my birthday in March and then yeah obviously it's now now Christmas so it's just like I think you've honestly I just sort of kudos to you really to I think you've put Thank yourself you. out of your comfort zone and I'm, I'd like to think I know it's not all about this, but that that will it will pay into the ecosystem, and and that um, will come back round, and that might look like commercials, or it might just simply look like that you're given an opportunity that could take your business forward, right? Whatever that may be, it might be getting on TV again. Who knows? Oh God, um, <laughs> I'm going to lose too soon, and then I'll put myself back out there for TV. But no, no, seriously, though, thank you for giving me this opportunity to to do your do your podcast. I mean, how you've put it all together and you know is, is amazing. So yeah, thanks for the opportunity. No, look, Abby, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for joining me on this live, thank and you. we'll speak soon, no doubt. Yeah, speak soon. <laughs>